Hey, what's up, guys? This is Chris Casby coming to you from Richmond, Virginia, with my co-hosts, Daniel Sale and Christopher Burroughs. And we're coming to you from a lovely, beautiful, sunny, tropical scrubland. Don't lie to the yeah. people. No, no, the scrubland is tropical. My feet are oh. numb. It's fucking freezing here. It God. Is. Fuck this place. My apartment's pretty cold. I was what? hanging out at my friend's house earlier, and there was someone in the bathroom, so I had to go pee in the backyard. Okay. And, like, it was nice today, but I had to, like, trudge through some snow to get there, and yeah. my feet were cold by the time I was done peeing. They were, like, really, really cold. You know, they invented these things called shoes. I was wearing my little chucks, which are horrible snowshoes. Yeah. Right? BT dubs. BT dubs. <laughs> Just so you know. And don't buy these as snowshoes. And exactly. so you really, you had to pee so bad you had to go outside like an animal? I mean, we were all, like, drinking, playing magic cards. Right? Nice life. Yeah. I drank a couple 40s. Right? And I really had to pee, because that's what happens when you So you find 40s. the most expensive card on the table, and you, you point and shoot. Uh, the most expensive card on the table was mine. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because oh, no. every deck I play plays with Jason Mindsculptor. Oh, see, you sit down for casual games with Jason's? No. No wonder people hate you. No, I made that funny deck for today. I actually made that this morning in like five minutes. That was Brainstorm in Argentum Sphinx or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Casual. And Mindstones. You know how to put them together. Fuck yeah, dude. I'll give that one to you. Hell yeah. People were like, hey, this is great. All right, guys. You know what I really want to talk about today? I don't is... give a shit. Oh, nobody ah, cares. Nobody cares. Oh, I'm crying right now. No, we, right. Put, we, put up, we put up episode 21. Nobody even left a comment. Oh, I know. Fuck you guys. Like, nobody fuck, listens like, to stuff seriously. about extended. Fuck I don't even listen to stuff about extended. Like, I'm trying I, to PTQ. Okay, I tried to go to the P- I tried to PTQ this weekend. There was a double PTQ in Roanoke. Nobody wanted to go. Literally, nobody wanted to go. And so did DCL go? No, I didn't go. <laughs> no, I didn't go. And it was because. Well, okay, I just wrecked my car, if you, yeah. guys, if you guys have seen. And so it was snowing uh, Friday night, and I was like, uh... Let's not do that again. This looks scary, and I don't think I want to try to go into the mountains in a bunch of snow. I couldn't even make it to Maryland in snow. So I didn't go, and then, even make it out I don't Washington, know, day, really. day two also <laughs> fell apart, just he made it tragically. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm actually really, really sad. I just grinded on Moto all day and Aww. ate some soup. Aww, poor Daniel Sale. No, I mean soup, soup crackers, moto. What kind of soup? Chicken corn chowder. Boo. That's the best. Boo. Since since age four, I've, Clam been, addicted, I've been addicted to some chicken corn. I'm a chowder. seafood chowder son. I'm a, I'm allergic to seafood. I'm going to attempt to re- retract this podcast right now. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> All right, I want to talk about. There's some magic cards. Both extended and standard. We're going to try yes. and redraw the crowd here. Uh, basically, the our. Our PTQ season is extended, so we have to talk about extended, and we have to pretend like we're going to ever PTQ. Do people care about <laughs> extended? That's that's the big question right now. Do people care about extended? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as big as standard, but I mean, like, it's the PTQ season now, so the people who want to do, at least try and go to the next level are going to at least pretend to care about extended. But that's the, that's the problem, is that the only, the only big thing, the only people that have been caring about extended for a long time have been people that want to, that want to grind. And then the pros, when they have to play it for a pro tour, right? Like it was wizards just shook the format up real hard. Well, they're trying to make it more relevant. Now it's better. They're trying to make it more relevant. I don't think it's They're trying to make it more accessible. Yeah. It's more accessible. Absolutely. It's more accessible. I don't think that makes it better. I think that makes it better for the game. If it if it increases tournament attendance, I guess that's good. That's exactly but what I, it is. I would like to see five blocks and not four. And that's not just to say I really want Time Spiral back. I don't yeah. really care if Time Spiral is in it or not. But I think four blocks is just not enough. There, there's not enough meat. And basically we just end up looking at 
Well, I think what they're going to plan on doing is to mix it up more. I think what <clears throat> I don't think it was an accident that they have shards of Alara and Mirrodin, scars of Mirrodin, so close together. Right. Like it's they're never they're, they weren't in the same they standard, in standard environment, but I think it, it obviously with the tempered steel that it mixed up the extended format. No, and I, mean, I think that's I mean I think that there's probably going to be relevant stuff that comes on, you know, once something else cycles out. That is going to be... And I never heard Mark Rosewater talk about it specifically, but I believe that's probably part of his five-year plan. Because when he got into... What, 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 three and a half years ago or something, he was like, here's a five-year plan. This is what... What? what? This is the culmination. Scars and Mirrodin is the last block of his culmination of, of six-year plan. Wasn't... There was... There's two more, though. No. There's he's, two more. He's, this start, he's starting a new cycle right now. Oh, he's starting a new cycle of five-year plans now. Oh, gotcha. All right, well, whatever. I think that it's no no uh, mistake or accident that they really did put... Uh, they changed the extended format on purpose like this, the way they did. So, like, I don't know. Everything that you, you see here is engineered. It is I, obvious. I hope... I, I just... I hope that people care about extended because as, as somebody that really likes competitive magic, I think it's an interesting new format that we haven't seen before and that... It's more than just the old standard decks, right? It's sure. gotta be. They're, um, like, it's, it's well, right now what we're seeing is a lot of tweaked standard decks. It seems like we're still just stuck in all these standard decks. That it's it's a couple of years of standard decks. Yeah, that seems like all we've got. Sure, that seems fun. Well, that's the easiest thing to do. It's like it's a lot easier for someone who works a nine to five and wants to, you know, do their their qualifying or whatever on the weekends to just pull out their old standard decks that they still have. And the back of their box, you know, like they don't really have to do much. They're like, oh, these lands from Scars of Mirrodin look cool. These are probably better than this garbage I was playing before. I mean, so the the online PTQ that happened this weekend, uh, Friday, it was once again won by fairies. And I'm not saying that fairies is dominating the format. It was actually one of the only fairy decks in the top 32, but it happened to take down the event. Um, there were a lot of the, the the rise of fairies last week has given way to a ton of aggressive decks, and I, I said it pretty pretty clearly, Blightning Aggro and Red Aggressive decks in general are going to be the best. And so you saw a lot of Bogart Ram Gangs coming out, and uh, Figure of Destiny, Ball Lightning was sure, yeah. was had a, had a resurgence this weekend, which was a really awkward card. And so the guy, the guy that actually won with Fairies, he's got four Pepper Smokes in his main deck. Yep, that's really good. He, he was prepared. He was prepared for the figures and prepared for the Hellspark Elementals, prepared for the Ball Lightnings. I'm just going to main deck the four Pepper Smokes. He meted the metagame, adjusted his Fairies deck, and he took down the took down the PTQ. Absolutely. Um, this I, is nuts. Hats, hats off to the hats off to the to, to the Fairy player. Look at uh, this. Peho. This guy, this guy really didn't know what he was doing. What two thoughts two in his main deck? main deck? What's wrong with two thoughts in his main deck? That's not four. four. <laughs> uh, he had to make way for the four Pepper Smokes. I will do, but I'm just saying like. I guess I I don't know. I just... It's a, it was a metagame call. It yeah. was a strict metagame call to play two Thoughtseize main deck and and four. Oh, uh, never mind. Here smoke. we go. He did this. So if if you guys are curious about he dropped, what the he dropped two Thoughtseizes like, for two Inquisitions. Yeah, if you want to look no, up, if you, you want to know what the list look like this week, it's uh, four Mistbind Clique, four Cyan of Una, three Spellstutter Sprite, two Vendillion Clique, four Bitter Blossom, four Cryptic Command, two Inquisition of Kozilek, two Thoughtseize, two Jace Bellerin, three Mana Leak, only three Mana Leak, and four Pepper Smoke. Um, well, this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's like, Mana Leak is just, when people expect it, it's not as good. Sure. So, it's just, I mean, a lot of Constructed decks are running less than four. 
you know, it's just, <clears throat> and I guess it, it made the transition over to, to extend it. It's just like, when people expect it and they play around it, it's not good. It becomes almost like a dead card in your hand. Because if they, if you're playing a reactive deck that you're trying, like, you skip your two drops so you can mana leak something and they don't do anything, it's like, you didn't do anything either. Yeah, except, except <laughs> It's like, fuck. Yeah, but you're, you're fairies, so you have some end of, you have some end of turn stuff to do. This deck has two Vendillion cliques in it, so well, no, it's, I not, mean, it's not like holding your stuff up right. is, is I mean, fairies has a better use for it, I guess. This de- I, I think it's interesting this deck went to three sprite and three mana leak. That's that's a little bit unusual, but I... Well, cause, it's because they're playing the more aggro game. They played four science. I mean, four science Amuna is Most decks that I've seen really is not aggressive. played four, yeah. So four science is obviously they, they toned down... Like, I mean, Spellstarter Sprite's nuts, but he's not very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they're like, screw it, let's drop, drop some of the counter magic and just play more face batchers. Yeah. So that, that seems fine. Like, I mean, we talked about this last week. It's just like, the Fairies decks seem like they're kind of aiming more towards a, an aggro slant. Okay, so Chris gave me a gave me a, a, a raised eyebrow earlier when I told him that Wall of Tangle Cord was actually sort of the nuts. Yeah, that was pretty confusing. Uh, Wall of Tangle, there's two Wall of Tangle Cords on the board, and that's been pretty pretty normal lately. Is the, the Wall of Tangle Cord is is really good? Fa- it's Fairy's answer to aggro decks in a sense, where it's it's an extra card that they can bring in because they don't have access to the really good walls. They don't have access to Wall of Omens or Overrun Battlement or whatever uh, normal other colored non-blue-black decks are right. playing. Like, Wall of Omens is the go-to guy if you want a wall. Right. But Wall of Tangle Cord is colorless. And so it's the next best thing. Sure. I think I think it's a really smart include. I really like it a lot. Yeah. It's a good one. I don't mind it. For sure. Um, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, fairies. I don't know. A couple weeks ago, we were dismissing it, but I think it's. I don't want to say that. It's I, I, it's yeah. morphing to become a, a spot that it used to have, and it's less controlling now. It's still still got its control aspects, but it's still. And the, it seems like now it's a lot more beady. The reason it didn't show up at Worlds was because uh, everyone is playing Fallout, and now it seems like there's been kind of a regression of the four color control decks like there's a lot less fallout in the in the metagame you know like i don't see it all that often jun still plays it but where else where else do you see that why don't why don't people play fallout honestly people gotta play the fallout it seems so good yeah so um can i I talk about can i talk about naya a little bit (laughs) so uh the other the other deck that the second place this event was one that we haven't seen come back in a little while was just uh, an aggressive Naya deck that plays a lot of Hasters. It plays Bogart Ram Gang and Vengevine and Bloodbraid Elf, and uh, then just the, all the all the usual suspects of, of Accelerators, and then four Kasali Pride Mage to shore up all of the two mana enchantment decks that that swing around in there. And I I really liked Naya for this weekend. I thought it was a good call. Um, I thought if you were going to play this weekend, Blightning or Naya was the place to go. Um, with the rise this weekend of all the red decks, there's so many red decks showing up right now, whether they're Blightning, Jund, or Mono Red, I think that your best place to go in Extended right now is bring out the Reflecting Pools again, start playing 5-Color Control. I think it's the best spot to be. Is, is the 4-Color Control Cruel Tomato-style decks, I think that those are going to see the best results in the next weekend. Mm. I think pretty easily. And, I, yes, none of them showed up in force in this tournament, or in any of the results we've really seen. However, if these are the kind of decks that are going to show up, 
it's pretty easy to gear your four color or five color control deck to beat the aggressive red metagame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you just get paired up against fairies for the first three rounds, and you go, oh, okay, I lose. Oh, five. I suck it. <laughs> you, we've been over this. You can't design a deck that beats everything. You're right. And you have to, you have to aim for, you, you, have to, you have to aim for what's the majority of the field. And if the majority of the field wants to be aggressive style decks, especially if they're Naya decks, four color control will wipe the floor with Naya. It really will. Hmm. And a lot of the tournament strategy, like, that you think about when metagaming is like, uh, you can either play the best deck or you can play the deck that beats the best deck. You know this deck plays yeah. Vengevine, right? Uh, Vengevine is not such a big deal. It's really not. If, you, if you've played the matchups, it's really not such a big deal. Uh, once once four-color control gets into control of the game, the, the Vengevines are not going to come back out of the game. Your opponent has zero cards in their hand. You Esper Charm them out of their hand. Once your opponent's at zero cards in hand, how are they going to get their Vengevine back? You have... You Draw have Ranger Views. I mean, you have at least two turns. You have at least two turns to, to pick your bet to pick well, your you game have back a, up. You have at least one turn, but you have at uh, like realistically, you have realistically two turns. your your average is about two turns. That's uh, true. If they don't top deck one of their eight outs through Bloodbraid or Ranger Bios. Yeah, this deck doesn't have four Ranger. Ranger Bios hasn't been seen in in hardly at all, which is good because people I people have not like cared. Ra- pe- Ranger Ranger good. plus Vengevine has not been a big has been a big recurring theme. I haven't seen that a lot. I think Ranger's good. I think that if you're going to play in in tournaments this coming week and extended, go back to the four color control decks or the fairy decks. I think that those are the best spots to be. Absolutely, I really do. Okay, you guys want to talk about standard? No, I want to talk you about got, this jump deck. What? Uh, this is oh, this is Willie Edel's. Uh, Top four Jun deck from the same event. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like this. I haven't seen this yet. I've seen Demigod, but I didn't see this with it. Uh, yep. Fauna Shaman Demigod is pretty cool. Is that is that new? It's the new thing. Uh, I haven't seen this yet. I've seen does... Demigod in the decks, but I haven't seen fetching for it with Fauna Shaman. Fauna Shaman, drop Demigod, get Demigod, play Demigod. So Fauna. that's that's pretty much how it works, is, is Demi for Demi. Like, it's survival, so survival for Demi, and then discard one. And I then, love Demi. And then, ma- and then you make two 5-4 haste flyers attack. And um, you're just fine with just the two, because you don't really need more than that. Jund has needed the new finisher for a little while, and I think they found it in Demigod Revenge. It's pro- it's like, if you're, if you're looking for the right finisher in, in, in Jund, Demigod Revenge has to be the right one. And, you know, the more we speak about these decks, you have to recognize, actually, why Fallout has kind of dropped off the radar. I've I'm, I'm still got my brain wrapped around why Fallout has disappeared. So you just look, at, look at the creature packages that these guys have. Like, you've got Putrid Leech, Kitchen Finks, uh, Fauna Shaman, which, you know, makes a, a whole shit ton of dudes regardless. And, and and Demigod is a finisher. And then in the other decks, you've got, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Vengevine, Figure of Destiny, Bugger Ram Gang, that all survive and are good. You know? I mean, albeit in the first three turns, you have to make your figure a 4-4, but it's like, who cares? That seems like a good play to make. Well, you well, have three it, turns it, to do it, and they got three turns to get that off, and if uh, whoever gets there first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, I mean, if response, you're on the play, you make that play with, with the figure. But you if just, you're on the draw, you're like, well. In, in response to your activation for 4-4, I Volcanic Fallout. I mean, like, are you saying that Volcanic... You do it on your turn. So are you saying that Volcanic Fallout is good or bad? I'm saying it's it's fallen out for a reason. It's it's not it's not as good. I mean, it's great in its matchups. It just deserves to be boarded right now in a, in the board. So, would you main deck it or would you board it? I might main deck one or two. I don't know if I'd uh, main deck all four in your in your four color control deck. Yeah, which is the deck that I've kind of been uh, looking at over and over again. It's just because 
it's it's the deck that I'm most comfortable with. I played it throughout that season, and I just, you know, I actually really love that deck. Like, it's fun to just play really crazy powerful spells all the time. I really like the four-color control deck because it's so modal, and you're able to literally put anything in it. Exactly, yeah. And it's so as, as long as you can accurately predict what's going to be good on this week or on this tournament uh, for your specific area, sure. your, your four-color control deck can seriously dominate. You just have to... You, you have to have the balls to put together your own list and say, I know that this is what's going to show up. I'm playing this. Uh, I feel like there, there's too much, uh, well, what, what did good last week? I'll just play the best deck. I feel, I feel like that has been the trend in Magic cards for... Years. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for years, but in Extended especially, Extended seems like the laziest format, even, even lazier than Legacy. Like, Legacy at least has, like, oh, well, Survival's finally banned. Let's make something crazy and new. Extended never sees that. Extended is pretty much, well, I have this old standard deck that I really liked. I've got all the cards, so I guess I'll just keep playing that. And nobody nobody innovates. It th- Like, I haven't seen a single innovative... Like, Fauna Shaman Demigod is the most revolutionary we've gotten I into, mean, into Extended. That that whole... Well, Tempered Steel was pretty... Pretty innovative, yeah. yeah. But, but we've proven the deck to be bad. I mean, there's also Necronic Ooze. and like, it, okay, so there, so there's two new decks and one cute interaction with Fauna Shaman Demigod. Like, I, I feel like the format has to be deeper than that. And if it's not deeper than that, we're at the beginning of the damn we, season sale. Then, then good. Then let's then let's dive in and let's make something new. All right. Well, I mean, that's what Conley's doing. Horrible things. <laughs> I agree. I I, I agree. Like I agree, Chris Casby. You have been brewing some terrible things. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what what what's your what's your current extended brew? Uh, Esper. Uh, basically, uh, you've been Esper. Awesome. You've been parts. playing a lot of blue white. I've been playing blue white in standard. So I was like, okay, well, if I PTQ without doing much play testing, I want to play this list with four Sun Titans and Kitchen Finks. Because I like those cards. And you were like, Casby can't play that deck. And I was like, why not? He's like, you have to play Blightning. I was like, why do I have to play Blightning? Like, Blightning will just beat decks that you can't beat. Like, you have to you have to play Blightning. And I was like, okay, well then, I'll just make Blue Eye Control with Blightning. <laughs> and so, by, by Blightning, you mean Esper Charm. Yeah. So, I just threw in Black, yeah. and I played with Esper Charms, and I played with... Thoughtseize. Uh, Thoughtseize, and I played with Jace Killers. What, what kills Jace? Creeping Tarpet. Creeping Tarpet. Do you like Creeping Tarpet over Celestial Colony? Yes, sir. That's why I play with more of them. So, so tell me it's about... It's easier you... to activate. It's better at keeping uh, Planeswalkers in check. And it gets through, like... It's just, it's just, when you need to get through, it gets through. Okay. So, so tell, me about, tell me about what your brew is, what, what his game plan is. I, I need a, uh, <clears throat> well, I need a primer here. Basically, what it is, is... Uh, I took what seemed like the best synergies from the blue-white control deck that we were kind of goofing off with. You know, I was watching you play and kind of uh, looking at articles online and stuff. So, it plays with Sun... Uh, it played... Uh, the decks that I saw were playing four Sun Titans, and I was talking to you, D-Sale, and decided that four is just way too many. That's just a lot of Sun Titans. That's so much high-end. Like, you don't really need four. I think you just really need to reliably hit one and just keep it going. Yep. Um, so, I dropped the Sudden Titan count to three. Um, it's playing four Wall of Omens, four Kitchen Finks for the aggro matchups. Um, it's playing with a Vendillion Click, uh, because you can recur it with Sun Titan. And it's a Legend, so you don't really want too many of them anyways. I'd probably throw one or two on the board, just in case. Um, but, 
Uh, I added Elspeth's. Yeah. Because that just seems like it's a great card against everything. Four mana Elspeth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Elspeth Night Errant. Because, uh, I mean, just back from old standard days, like, it was good against Control, it was good against Aggro, like, and it just gives you an alternate game plan. Like, in this deck, it just seems like you can just drop a Kitchen Finks, and if your opponent's got, like, a slow start, you just bash them with a, a, a 6-5 Kitchen Finks a few times. And, and <laughs> that'll end the game pretty fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, it just, it seems like this one can capitalize on your opponent's rough draws. And on top of that, it can kind of control their draws because you're playing with Thoughtseize and you're playing with Esther Charmer. It seems... So you can offset your aggro plan by like a turn or two just to keep them from disrupting your aggro plan. It seems similar to the Channel Fireball list they put up that was Black Blue Fairy, Splash White, that had Wall of Omens and Esper Charm. It seems like somewhat, somewhat, kind of the same strategy of let's control... Splash the extra color for more disruption. Right. Let's control the game and then also get the disruption of the Thoughtseizes and the Esper Charm. Basically, both decks were stretching for Esper Charm. Right. Because Esper Charm is... Nuts! Esper Charm just does it all. Straight up. It's, Esper Charm just kills Bitter Blossoms I mean, and draws you cards and discards theirs. And basically, Esper Charm just does everything you want it to do. And it kills Prismatic Omen, which is not irrelevant. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's really At good. instant speed. Yeah. So that's pretty nuts. All right. Let's talk about this real quick. Uh... There's been an interesting discussion on the internet recently, and I've actually, I think it's something that we mentioned last week. Uh, is Jace the Mind Sculptor really uh, not as playable right now? Like, you've got. We talked about this last week. I understand, but like, it's been, like, I feel like someone else picked up on it. It's been in a whole bunch of articles this week. Like, is, is there, is that, was that in your thought process when you made this deck? What you this? just, yeah, you just felt like Jace the Mind Sculptor wasn't the right fit. Um, I thought that I liked Jace Balearin in the initial build because it had such good synergy with Sun Titan. Um, and I don't know, like my four slots seemed kind of clogged. Like I'm running two days, four cryptics and two Elspeths. So like running Mind Sculptor just didn't seem like something I necessarily needed to do, especially since I've got so much dig. I've got Wall of Omens and I've got Esper Charms uh-huh. and basically cantripping a lot with Jace Balearin. Yeah. So it's like, why do you need the four copy? Four, the, why do you need the four mana version? Other, like, I, I see like the, my, my, mine just kills their four mana version. Right. So it's I, good. I, I see. <laughs> that's the thing. You keep saying that you said the Jace killers and etc. I don't think even anyone else is playing. So I don't even think you need the. the there, uh, some of the fairies lists are playing them, and some of the color control, the four or five color control decks are playing them. I personally think that the fairies lists that are playing them are playing suboptimally. I mean, that being said, you, I mean. Whether or not they're playing the best deck or not doesn't mean that you're not going to see certain cards. Agreed. I mean, we're going to see... I think you're going to see Planeswalkers regardless of what type of Jace it is. Probably just Jace. It's either going to be Baby Jace or Big Jace. But I mean, so, Kirby Tarpits is pretty good at taking care of both. So the most recent Fairies deck, it had two Jace Bellerin in its main deck and it didn't have any four-mana Jace. Exactly. Uh, I, I think the four-mana Jace is is clearly a very, very powerful card. It's in the, the board. The only, the only best matchup that it can have, though, is in the control matchup. So I, I can understand not wanting to main deck a card like four-mana Jace. Absolutely. Uh, the thing that I do like Big Jace for is... Uh, the, the only deck I'd really want to play it in the main deck of, I think right now, is the four-color control deck. Because it's it's a little bit inconsistent on some of the things that it can do, and so b- being able to brainstorm multiple times is, is, is quite good. 
then in addition to that, it's a win condition. Yeah. And sometimes the four-color control decks run light on win conditions. And so if your card draw is also a win condition, it's really good. Seems pretty good. So we've, we've been over the fact that Jace is really, really good for a long time. But again, <laughs> Jace is really, really good. I think that at least in four-color control, it's probably a really good fit. And some of the other versions, I'm really actually happy to see coming from D-Sale that people stepped outside of their box and they decided that Jace Bellerin might have been better or that a, a version where no Jaces were, were present was actually a thing too. Probably had something to do with a lot of testing and not listening to D-Sale. But. <laughs> I mean, if, if they want to listen to my advice, I mean, I'm not going to say that they were wrong. But Nobody listen to D-Sale. <laughs> like if you say it out loud that you listen to D-Sale, you will lose all street cred. Yeah, it's true. All right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> if, if you don't want to listen to me and my advice, then you know, just you, kidding. You, you, yeah, no, no, no. You go ahead and do your own thing. I don't. I'm not going to get offended if you want to do your own thing. <sighs> I need to borrow I mean, your cards. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> do, you, do do you have gas money? That's huh? the best question. What's going on? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, you can you can uh, borrow my cards. Do you have gas money? And are you willing to drive? See, these things are very important as to if you can borrow my cards or not. Because your shit's fucked up right now. Okay, like, wrecking your car is not a good deal. That's and true. That's a bad deal. Yeah. In, guys... many, in many circles, it's a bad oh, deal. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I saw a comment on Facebook. Guys, I'm okay. The car's okay. Uh, it can't currently go PTQ. Yeah. So, uh, my car is currently regulated to speeds under 45 miles an hour. Which is tough, because Diesel's a total control freak. So, I mean, I, if, with him and I'm not driving the car, I don't know how we're all going to live through, through it. <laughs> I drive to pretty much everything, and that's not just because everybody that I know is a slacker, it's because I also like to drive. Yeah. So, you know. You I have, let me talk about the other deck I brewed. Let's do it. Do you have another deck? Yeah, I two Red Green Aggro. Oh, this well, one, we right. talked last week, we were like, okay, every deck that you play should either have Cryptic Command or Bloodbraid Elf. And here we go. So I made a deck with Cryptic Command, Cryptic Command but it didn't have Bloodbraid Elf in it. So I made another one that had Bloodbraid Elf in it. All right, well, I'm going to go get the Can beer. The I'm going to go get the beer of the week and crack into that. You talk about your weird ass Red Green Aggro deck. Well, this deck, uh, it just plays with really good cards that are really aggro. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like we, we wanted a way to consistently beat fairies, and I feel like this would consistently beat fairies. Yeah. And you got a buttload of, uh, like turn one red dudes that are two twos. Well, I've got Goblin Guide. That's really good. Yeah. And, and Figure of Destiny. That's really good. That seems pretty sick. <laughs> and what do I have in the two drop? I have Nest Invaders, which ramps us to our four drops, which is good. So good. <sighs> turn three um, Blood Braid Elf is my favorites. Exactly. So we got Blood Braids and a three spots. We got Bogart Ram Gang can and you imagine, Cunning Spark Mage. Cunning you, Spark Mage, I thought, was pretty sick in the main deck. Oh, yeah. Because it keeps their Planeswalkers in check if you have them. It keeps Fairy Blossoms in check. Yeah, I mean, you remember, I don't know if you remember Vithian Stinger being the absolute shit when Black White Tokens was around. So, yeah, yeah Bitter Blossom does not like these take one point of damage things. Exactly. So, um, it's basically kills their creatures and they still take the point of damage for the phase two. So, can you imagine this curve? Because of the, they, they pay a life for the Blossom token. This curve would be awesome. Turn one Goblin Guide, turn two Nest Invader, turn three Bloodbraid Elf into Bogart Ram Gang. Booyah! I think I'd just cry if I saw that on the other side of the table. Sick with that, just, oh god. Um, the only thing I could say is that Vengevine doesn't have huge synergies in the deck, except that he's just a face basher that if they take care of him, he just comes back pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I gave myself these two guys. I, gave, I put two Ranger Videos in the deck, just kind of as an out to... Um, Big like four color, decks. four color control, white, yeah, stuff that just days my board. Yeah. Um, but um, I also put in uh, the only removal in the deck is four flame slashes. Yep. 
um, which was kind of concession to just having to face down a bunch of kitchen sinks and wall rooms and stuff like that. Uh, but that being said, I also put a three Eldrazi monuments because I haven't oh, yeah. I haven't played a deck with Eldrazi monument ever. Oh man, it's so fun. <laughs> and that deck just looks like this card just like and a deck with like thirty creatures, like yeah, that's why I love Ozzy Monument. Nestivator is kind of super key to your deck, I'll be honest. I mean, I I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um the deck looks fun. I haven't built it, I haven't tested it. It's so. got a lot of good synergies. I think we should put it up and test it for sure. So, um, that being said, I, I brewed some other stuff that wasn't nearly as good. And we don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> Chris Bur- I put up, like, a little note. Like, I actually emailed Chris Burroughs and Daniel Stale. I was like, like, whenever I just, like, sometimes wake up at, like, 5 in the morning and I just feel like brewing, I just type up lists and send it to our email. Yeah. And this is the only ones I had time to type up earlier today, or uh, yesterday. <clears throat> and uh, I actually put a note. I was like, more coming. There's a really bad rogue deck. Also, what else did I say? You uh, said Megrim. Megrim deck. Megrim yes. deck. And I was like, oh, jeez. Thank God you put up these other two, because I like them. <laughs> but uh, your second two sounded awful, so. What? I'm just going to, I'm basically just. No gonna, one, no one would expect Megrim. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition, but I'm putting up my <laughs> horse blinders. All right. You can't show me that. Uh, all right. So that, that's, that's what we have to talk about extended today. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some standard Wait a minute. Oh, did we? Oh, we also... Uh, oh, we before, have ex- before we exit extended. We have an extended worst deck of the week. <laughs> it's actually... I mean, we get two worst deck of the weeks this week. The, the first one, just actually quite awesome. Uh, I Like, you, you look at it and you're like, well, this was something we always wanted to do in standard. Never worked out. No, this was a real deck in standard. All right. Well, it worked out for three weeks. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a very long stint. Yeah. But uh, we saw this deck did 27th place at the online PTQ that was on Friday. Um, and drumroll. Allies! Allies! <laughs> it's fucking... It's, it's got Jari's Shapeshifter, which I don't think has seen very much play. <laughs> it, it's Even got in the old allies build, it didn't see play. It, it's got the best ally and the second best ally ever printed, Bloodbraid Elf and Chameleon Colossus. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it, it's got uh, four uh, Umara yeah, Raptors. that Chameleon Colossus is actually, is actually an, ally. an ally. And Bloodbraid Elf, although he isn't an ally, he brings an ally with him. Yeah. So Every time. Um, I don't know, this this number seemed pretty off. Uh, like, not awful, but just kind of what? Four like, Umara Raptors? Four Umara Raptors. Like, even the old... Uh, builds of allies that we saw uh they were pretty much naya built right so i guess uh this is probably just taking in the fact that it's just got a better mana base in extended um, not by much not by much but i mean you get like i mean really i don't know it's it's actually a standard mana base <laughs> except for ziggurat. Ziggurat, and ziggurat yeah yeah um but i mean this deck looks pretty bonkers like it seems like it has some pretty explosive starts at playing four battle singers Hell which yeah. are the hasty guys that when it, when an ally comes into play, all your allies get plus one plus zero. Yeah, um, it's like boom. So I don't know this. I this saw this and I was like, "Is you? why you should put volcanic fallout back in your, your decks <laughs> because shit. you will see infinite allies decks at your PTQ." Allies. Um, all right, so standard. Um, we're gonna talk about the Kansas City Star City five game. Five gay? Five gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the five gay. Oh, the five gay. Friday slap, sorry, fellas. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you guys haven't heard by now, Boros won. Wow. Just wow. Exactly. What the hell? That deck is garbage. 
just did not... Okay, did Boros become better positioned because of the way the metagame shifted? Uh, at Worlds, which was the last really big standard platform, yeah. we saw blue-black control take over standard. Right. right. And because all the pros love some blue-black control, Boros was able to just step in and dominate? Is, is, that, is that what happened? Like, because in the in the top 16, top 32 of this event, there were just a ton of aggressive decks. They Like, not a lot of them top-aided, but a lot of them top 32. They were all these black-red vampires and mono-red aggro and Boros there decks. Was a, there was just a, just a bunch well, of Well, I think them. the black-red vampires deck is good. And I so, don't think Boros is good. <laughs> there's two vampires listed in the top eight, and black-red vampires is better against Valakut, which has kind of fallen out of favor recently, unless you're playing online. Because apparently online there's 32 4 and 0. Was it was it 32? No, of 32 there were 17. 17 we, we we went online and we looked at the the dailies for one of the days for Magic the Gathering online and it had listed 32 events and 17, 17 of them were forward by Valakut. Just ridiculous. Um but I mean Valakut, I mean Valakut is arguably the best deck. I mean that deck is pretty nuts. Okay, so so that being said, Valakut didn't show up real heavy to this tournament. In cardboard. Uh, it showed in cardboard. up. In cardboard, it showed up, what, what was it, four, it, four in the top 16? Something like that. There were four in the top 16, but the, the top two spots were taken by Boros, which is really a kind of a stockish Boros list that has Adventuring Gear, Stoneforge oh. Mystic, a bunch of Landfall guys. It has, what, what did we decide, like 16 fetch lands for 10 basic lands? Yes. Yeah. Something like that? 15. No, it's 15 fetch lands. And uh, two Cop of the Hammer in the main deck, but everything else is is just very aggressive. It's got, I do it's like got the four, of the Hammer. It's the got the deck. four Squadron Hawks. Um, it's getting, the thing is, it's not playing teetering pieces. It's got the machine gun packages on the board. That's pretty cute too. This oh, yeah, is, I feel like this is the kind of deck that can take it down on any given weekend. But for the most part, I'm not excited about playing this deck. I, I grinded with this deck. I, I literally grinded with almost the exact same list. Well, you're not allowed to try to, to get into the invitational most of the time. with this. And the metagame was different at that time, and I didn't do very well. Yeah, anything with mountains, you're just gonna mulligan a lot. I feel like yeah. it's just like I don't know. I hate mulligan. I'll never play a deck that has a mulligan a lot because I hate shuffling. Okay, so <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and talk about Con- why don't we talk about Conley? Woods we'll talk about runner up, runner his up second Conley place Woods. deck. Uh, this is a blue green Genesis Wave deck. Yes, sir. And he's kind of the man. This deck is really cool. I mean, it's basically the deck that the pros were kicking around around yeah. uh, Worlds time. Like David Williams played it at Worlds. And Patrick was- Chapin was kind of. All about it. Um, yeah, Patrick Chapin tried to grind into the Star City Games Invitational with a similar list. It was blue-green Genesis Wave, so it's pretty similar. I think his downfall there was that because when you when you go to a grinder, you're going to see a lot of aggro. Like, yeah. a lot, a lot of aggro. And this deck's worst bat- matchups is Mountain Across the Board. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so Not true. Uh, strike that. If, if, you're if you a- turn one a Mountain... If, you're then op- if your opponent is uh, Valakut, this deck is fine. No, but- that's why I said turn okay. one mountain, because Valakut never turned one's a mountain. All right. <laughs> Chris, Chris Burroughs, tell me a little bit about what's, what's in this deck. Uh, this deck has uh, a three Genesis Wave, four Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's got seven Titans of, of different kinds. Yeah, Blue four, and green. Four Frost, three Primeval. It's got a whole bunch of ramp. And it's got a, some kind a of... A whole bunch of ramp. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a Lotus Cobra, Dryer, Extreme Speaker, Overgrown Battlements. And uh, the, it's got a Land Death Package, as Conley likes to call it. Four Spreading Seas, four Cidic Slime. Uh, it's got four Tectonic Edge as well. Uh, basically, what you... Th- this deck is just basically Genesis Wave for six. Play a big dude every turn. 
which is kind of what Valakit has been for a while, except it's got a really good game against Valakit, and it just plays a little smoother. Yeah. So it's got a lot of secondary games to it. Also, the sideboard is just awesome. You got two Summoning Trap for your control matchup, which is already pretty good. I don't even know why you need it. You got Mindslaver versus Valakit, which Casby needs to explain this one, because I don't really quite understand this. I was trying to read it online, and Detail made me shut it off, but it just seems like Mindslavering your opponent when he's got active... Stuff going on. You're, oh, uh, you're oh like, I'll swing with Primeval Titan and I'll kill myself. How about that? Uh, <laughs> seems good. Uh, there's uh, friggin' basically Genesis Wave for six is friggin' amazing. Volition Reigns in the board. His his uh, breakdown on Channel Fireball was uh, if you want to steal stuff, if you if you have some stuff you want to steal and like you don't really want to deal with it, you just Volition Reigns it. Like there was no like specific. This is good for a matchup. It's like if you just want to take stuff. Well, well thing, like I play I play blue in standard and sometimes i just don't have answers for stuff so i play one of volition reigns in my deck well, because he, it's just like it's just like my oblivion ring yeah. like he, get stuff he included the volition reigns as a part of the land death package that said if you just want to like take their valakut or you want to take their creeping tar pit that's that's just a perfect that's a viable thing to do i think one of the most interesting things that he did was <laughs> include three narcolepsy Oh, yeah. And well, uh, <laughs> as we all know, green and blue <coughs> are known for their removal. Um, so uh, absolutely, not. I mean, this is pretty much the blue pacifism, right? Yeah, pretty much. It and, just shuts off stuff. And so it, it does. The creature untaps on their upkeep, and then it retaps it, and it, it creates a trigger that taps the creature. Right. right. So what is that good against? What like what do they? What what do you narcolepsy target? Anything that's too big. We're boil engine. Yeah. Anything that's too big. And really? Titans. Yes. Things that are too big to just deal with in combat. Okay, so how do I get to my... like? So you said that Genesis Wave for 6 is just... The, the nuts. It is, is the nuts, right? It's really, really good. How do I get to that point? Uh, how do I get 9 lands in play? Or Lotus Cobra? Or, or how do I get 9 mana? Okay. Uh, you play with Battlements, Draga Tree Speaker, Lotus Cobra? Right. It's just nuts. Yeah. How many fetch lands does it have? Five? Six. Oh, seven. Seven. Four, five, six, seven. Seven, seven fetch lands with Lotus Cobra and then Overgrown Battlefield. So this deck also had a Wall of Tangle Cord in the board, um, which. No, it didn't. It, 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 he, he, uh, he changed. It's, he, yeah, it's the, 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 the initial build. Velocity played it. Um, I thought Wall of Tangle Cord was a really cool addition. In, in standard, Tangle Cord just going in everywhere. Well, it was, uh, initially, he, he, he obviously made some changes. Uh, he dropped. Uh, the initial build of this had a uh, the uh, Oracle of Moldai in it. Oh yeah, and uh, obviously he had to drop some of his weird middle mid range spots for acidic slime and spreading seas. Conley gave, um, Conley gave a lot of credit to Michael Flores and Michael Jacob, so, or was that was that it? it yes, yeah. Uh, for for helping develop this deck and, and and get it to a point where David Williams too. He could. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Dave Williams. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. Um, to help it get to a point where he could actually, you know, uh, play it. And I, I have to give, I, I just have to give Conley a lot of praise. I think this guy is really, really cool just for the fact that he shows up to events with garbage, with with new, <laughs> with new stuff, and like showing like, showing up to an event with new stuff. And Conley took second constantly. place, but he also uh, this exact same list, almost like Sixth almost place? almost to the same thing. It was like it, five or six. It top aided. Yeah. It also top aided and didn't get out of the semis. But this guy also, like, it put two lists in the top eight. It's pretty sick. And the fact that he can consistently show up with something that 
is a little bit offbeat, but still... Do really well. It, it's clearly good enough. It's like, hey, I'm going to use all the good cards, but I'm going to use a couple things you never heard of before. And if it's not him, it's someone else with his deck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's constantly posting results with le- with different lists. If, if, if we're talking about innovation these days, it's Kylie Woods all over the place. Like, really... I can't. I can't point to another person that's that's innovating on the level that he is. Honestly, Jerry T's pretty damn good. Like Jerry, Jerry, Thompson, T, Jerry Thompson does a lot. But Pat- Jerry T only even like he 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 is self deprecating in the way that he says constantly. I've, I've talked to him a couple times about uh, decks that he's done stuff with, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I changed twelve or I changed eight cards out of a different deck, and now I'm an innovator." You know what I mean? Well, like, it's just he's constantly tweaking the perfect deck, which is perfectly fine. I think that's great. Uh, I but. It, he even admits that you know he he doesn't uh, he he doesn't he gets the a different kind of credit than he deserves because he, he definitely deserves all the credit he gets he just gets a different kind that he right deserves. I mean he's not the innovator that I guess Connolly is but he's definitely he's like the metagame like master do you, yeah would you, would you <laughs> he's say he's, like, he's the kind of guy that tweaks a deck a little bit enough to the point where. Hey, this is winning now. Yeah. Well, I think that's what Connolly was trying to say in his article. He was like, "I didn't innovate this deck. David Williams and Mike Flores did. I tweaked it." Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I'm just going to play with Acidic Slime and Spring Seas because that beats Valka." Well, he was <laughs> he was saying that this kind of deck, like Blue Green, has been on the cusp for a long time. Yeah. Except, sort of body and mind holds it back, and there, there's some there's some limiting factors to why Blue Green can't be the best deck. Sure. And so. I'm going to add acidic slime to the deck and give it this extra dimension because and, it kills sort of body. Right. 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 So yeah. being able to destroy your sword and being able to take you off some mana and and pretty quickly like this deck can can turn three an acidic slime. Yeah. And I mean that's that's stone rain speed. Yeah. And if you're able to stone rain your opponent with a two two with a two two death touch on the board as well. That's that's very potent, it's and so I, I think that it, that's not to be ignored, and, and they just basically harnessed that power into something that was a little bit more focused, into a deck that could actually win there, get there and win. Um, I think the other really cool thing that I just got to mention is Stormtide Leviathan. What a, what a cool card. Very cool. How cool that that card actually um, got in there, developed itself into something that could uh, take down some game, and basically... It's only really good against Avenger of Zendikar. Avenger of Zendikar's plant tokens can't attack through your Stormtide Leviathan. Yep. Right. So, well, that being said, that uh, that wasn't in his list for this 5K, but it was one that he had. It was he, his list that he was planning on taking. He, and he tweaked it. it for the metagame. No, he played it. He played it for that event. He did. It was, he took out a Mind Slayer and he played a Stormtide Leviathan. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yep, that was. A, Opposite the, of what I said. Uh, the the Leviathan was just yeah. really, it was just really really an interesting choice, and so for for a lot of the time on the SCG live cast, they said, I don't think that this deck has a really good matchup against aggro. I don't understand how the Black Red Vampires decks are not beating this. Yeah. The Black Red Vampires deck should be just crushing your your retarded. Uh, it's, it's, ramp it's the thousands of o two o four walls, right? And so if you're playing, well, it's the the walls, and they make a ten ten blood gaft that runs into an acidic slime. Yeah. Right, <laughs> like the, the acidic slime is pretty good. Also, I think the spreading seas is not to be underrated against black red vampires. Oh, black yeah. red vampires is a deck that that runs its mana pretty tight, very tight. Where it's it's essentially splashing for bolts and sometimes oh, arc lands. It's it's bolts, sometimes arc lightning, and sometimes mark of mutiny. Mark of mutiny, always mark of like, mutiny. Like sometimes, it's always, and so always. 
the, I haven't you, seen a black red just, that doesn't play Action Trees on my green. If you can just get them off a of red, then you're then you're generally pretty good because they they don't have a lot of red sources. And sometimes if I mean, you take them off of any source of land, if you just turn any source into blue, then they can't cast a blood gas. And if you're really the man, you keep them off double black. But that's only if you're like I mean, if, if you you have to be the man, you got to be pretty lucky to get there. But uh, I mean, you can legitimately just land screw your black red opponent. Yeah, and so. That's that's really cool, and then in addition to that, you you get to your end game so fast yeah. that their aggressive start with pulse tracker and Colostra highborn and blood gas they they can beat you down, and you can be at twelve or you can be at eight, but you take control of the game so quickly that Colostra highborn and lightning bolt have to finish your opponent. That's that you have to get them into a point where those cards are going to finish them. And if well, you don't get there, then then you're done. It's funny because there was a feature match at the 5K between Connolly and Jerry T. And Jerry T was playing Black Red Vampires, and Connolly was playing this. And Connolly like, resolved like a turn two overgrown battlement. And Jerry T was doing what Vampires does, just shitting out vampires. And like Connolly was just taking it. He wouldn't even block with the wall overgrown battlement. Because hmm. he was just terrified of a disfigure because he, he, he missed a land drop. Uh, so he was just like, he's like, swing. He's like, take it. Swing, take it. He's like, you really want? You so, really need so, that mana, don't you? And he, what life? And Conley's just like, Conley went down to ten life before he like just exploded. He played out a frost titan that he couldn't tap down one of his dudes, and the dude couldn't swing through it anymore. Um, and then he resolved another frost titan, and then like Jerry Two was just like, okay, scoop. Yeah. <laughs> frost titan seems like a really good addition to this matchup. Yeah, like against black red vampires, if you get frost titan. And you then, get Frost Titan on turn four, then you're just... Yeah, and then a second yeah. Frost Titan? I mean, also, yeah. what are you going to do? Mind you that Narcolepsy also comes in as a board against Black Red Vampire board, which is the Demon of De- Deskate. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, um, so anyways, that's uh, that's that's what the, the finals of the Star City, Kansas City 5K look like. Uh, again, big props to Connolly Woods. Boo-hoo, Patrick Ray. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Boros, Boros is one of those decks, like we said. It's just, it, sometimes it can explode, and sometimes it can run hot. I just, I I can't ever play that deck. I played it for, like, a hot second when it first came out, like, years ago. Like, not years ago, but, like, right when Zedekar first came out. And they were like, oh, we're utilizing all these fetch lands and all these broken landfall creatures. And I was like, oh, that looks sick. And I built it, and I was like, I had to mulligan, like, 12 times this tournament. Like, screw that. Well, okay, so, so <laughs> Conley said multiple times throughout, like, he did a deck tech at some point, and he said... If my opponent is making Goblin Guides, I probably have a bad matchup. Yeah. And so, I, I can't be completely surprised that he lost the finals, but really, I, I'm so impressed that he was able to say, I have one bad matchup, which is anything with Goblin Guide, everything else I'll be fine against, like, Black Red Vamp- even Black Red Vampires, not even that scared of them. Yeah. And 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 took it all the way to second. That's like, how Mono really gets congrats, there sometimes. Congratulations. I think, I think that this kind of deck building, this kind of innovative force in, in Magic Gathering is really, really good for the game. Oh, yeah. And that it keeps people interested and it keeps people people excited about showing up to an event with whatever you want to build. Oh, hell yeah. And if you think that you're smart enough to, to break a metagame or at least to approach it from a different perspective and build your own deck and show up with something that you think is going to be really good, do it. That's what you should do. Please, please show up with something new and innovative because, because people do not expect... There, there is an undervalued aspect of Magic the Gathering that says whatever the best deck is from last week, I can just play the best deck right. from last week. And if the best deck from last week won, 
then I will at least post 50-50, if not better. Right. But well, hold on. Posting 50-50, if not better, is not enough to win a tournament. What was the best deck last week? The best deck last week was fairies. Easily. We're not talking, I'm sorry. It's not a standard. standard. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, it's it's the standard fairies, which is blue-black control. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh, sure. what's the best deck this week? Uh, the deck that trumps that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the deck that trumps fairy, the, the, that trumps blue-black control is this, is this really, a, like... It's decks with... It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's a rampy. Wait, do you think Boros is the best deck, or do you think that no, the, the reason that no, no, the reason that this guy brought this deck, wait, Pat McGregor, yeah, is because it beats the control decks. That he was expecting to see a lot of bug, and he was expecting a lot to see a lot of a lot of control, and this is good against both of those. And sure. it just so happens that Connolly also had a bad matchup against him. Yeah, <laughs> just so happens. I mean, it's just a metagame choice. That's all it was. That, yeah. And that's, that's what I was saying earlier. Is that that's, sometimes that's just how Red gets there, is Connolly Woods had that mindset. I have this bad matchup. It's about it's, it's, a, it's turn one Goblin Guides. Yeah. I guess I can dodge that all day. A lot of people go into tournaments just thinking that. And that's why Mono Red is always going to be there, because it's, there, it's always going to be played, and then sometimes it's going to get lucky and it's going to get through. Because people are going to be like, hey, today's the day. I don't feel like playing against Mono Red today. And if I do, <laughs> then fuck it. Um... So, uh, we, uh, another thing that I wanted to touch on real quick is, since we're talking about standard, yeah. is uh, I was looking on TCG Player, and they have a list of all the daily foros and stuff like that. This thing is a beast. This deck, uh, uh, granted, like we said earlier, Valakut was taking up most of the slots on that list. Yeah. Uh, that being said, let, the, let, in second it, place was this monstrosity. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I have to give standard some props. Valakut Ramp... Had seventeen of thirty-two, some, something like more more than half of the top thirty-two yeah. four-zero decks of the last couple months has been Valakut Ramp in standard dailies. Yeah, there are so many Valakut Ramp decks. Valakut Ramp is clearly the dominant force in standard in Moda. That be, that being said, this deck had something like six to seven of the top four of of four-zero decks. Yeah, so go ahead and lay it on me. This is mono green aggro. What the hell is in it? Um, my favorite enchantment ever. It's mono awesome. Beastmaster Ascension. <laughs> Call out the tigers, uh, bitches. God damn it. This deck runs a bunch of creature makers and cheap creature mana accelerators to do ridiculous things like resolve Eldrazi monuments and overwhelming stampedes. <laughs> Um, it plays four Arbor Elves, four Kozilek Predators, four Llanowar Elves, four Lotus Cobras, four Nest Invaders, three Vengevines, four Wolfbriar Elementals is its creature package. It plays two Beastmaster's Ascensions, four Eldrazi Monuments, and three Overwhelming Stampedes. Mind you, that's nine ways to make a four-powered dude for your Overwhelming Stampede. Yeah. It's kind of sick. So, um... Wolfbriar Elemental as a four of. Love people. that guy. Love... Are you just, serious? If, if you're mono green with Eldrazi Monuments, he's an auto-include. Okay, what is Wolfbriar Elemental? Can, can you give me the text on that card? He's a, he's a two and double green with kicker green, multi-kicker green, and for every... Uh, he's a four four for two and double green, and every time you kick him for an extra green, you get a two-two wolf. He's a four four for four with kicker green? Yeah. How about, if you, how about if you go Lotus Cover turn two, you go turn three, fetch land... Make a Wolfbriar Elemental on a two-two wolf, which is a four, which is a four-four four 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 and a two-two. Yes, sir. Makes six power on turn three. Yeah. Is is Wolfbriar Elemental really that good uh, in so this deck? <laughs> and then imagine him off the top in the late game. Yeah. Imagine that. 
you've got these Llanowar Elves and, and Lotus Cobras and Estimators and Arbor Elves and all this random Does this dudes. deck... And then you just turn it all into Wait, two, does two it, worlds. Does, <laughs> does this have Primeval Titan? No. Why not? Because it doesn't need it. It costs too much. <laughs> all, all of these dudes either make mana or make other dudes. Or they're Vengevine. They want to accelerate into an Eldrazi Monument. They don't need to make a Primeval Titan to accelerate into something huger. Okay. They just need to get to five mana to make an Eldrazi Monument and just destroy your face. Exactly. So this looks like a deck a deck that is nine nine Breakers, which is four Monument, three Overruns, and two Beastmasters Ascension. Yeah, sir. And then a ton of low-drop, aggressive-type guys that enable all of those spells to be good. Is Eldrazi Monument the best card for this deck? It seems like, oh, yeah. it seems like this deck can gas out on Eldrazi Monument if you play it too soon. Yeah, yeah uh, but you always play the Eldrazi Monument for the kill or the turn before the kill. Yeah. Like, do you just look at Eldrazi Monument as an extra overrun? Is no, that, is you that look really at it as an overrun that overruns the next turn, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so this deck has seven overruns, is what you're saying. Basically. It's nine. I was When I saw this list, I was kind of surprised I didn't see Leatherback Bailoth, because I feel like Leatherback, Leatherback Bailoth would be really good in this deck, but... I don't know what I would take out for Leatherback Bailoff. I'm not surprised. There's not enough so. mono red running around, and le- that's why you played Leatherback That dude's just a 4-5 creature. Yeah, so. but that's why, you, that's why you played him, is so you could be... Because mono green was actually still slower than mono red, so you needed a dude, and mono red needs to two-for-one themselves on that guy, because they just can't beat him. Yeah. So... I don't know. Mono red's not a real deck, man, so I guess maybe that's why. So, exactly. So this deck has 24 lands. Do you think that's too much, too little? I, uh, it's not so bad because it should be fetching a whole lot. Eight of them are fetches. And uh, So it's got eight fetches, four colony gardens, and two dread statuary. Is dread statuary the nuts? Dread statuary like, is... That was one of the two ways, or one of the multiple ways to make a four-power dude for uh, overwhelming stampede, so it's got a really good synergy there. Also, it's a mono-green uh, man land. land. Yeah. Like, that's the important part. I mean, like, mono- sometimes you just get yeah. date, and you, you haven't resolved your own drawing mind, so you, you have to... beat just, in for four. Yeah, you still beat in for four. Mon- Monocolored decks haven't had any... They, they don't have a man land. Like, they don't have Mutavolt. They haven't seen anything since then. Right. Like, since, uh, what, Exedition with uh, Treetop Village. Sure. So, uh, is Dread... Dread Statuary is... what? What's the stats on that thing? I don't it's know. It's a 4-2 creature. It costs four... It's a colorless mana... It produces colors, man. It does not come into play tapped, um, but it costs four to activate. Becomes a four-two creature. No, Artif- no, no. Art- artifact creature, right? Yes, yeah. four-two artifact. Creature. <laughs> Which Casby pointed out to me in the casual room the other day, <laughs> where he's like, "Oh no, I'm going to activate my metal craft with this, and they'll get and blast the guy out of the game." I was like, "Casby, <laughs> like," I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to wake up my my dread statuary." He's like, "Dude, you can't swing through that guy," and I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to. I'm just going to galvanic blast for lethal." He's like, "You don't have metal craft." I was like, "Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Backdoor metal craft." I think um, I actually even tapped the Dread Statuary for the Colorless Mana to activate it because I only had like six <laughs> mana on the board. I believe it. Like, yeah. four, like no, I had five mana on the board. So yeah. Casby plays some pretty janky decks in the casual room. If you guys, <laughs> if you guys really want to play against him, uh, I don't know. Send us an email and uh, we'll give well, you a screen. No, no, we, we or have something. to do this real quick. Uh, oh wait, wait. Do we have another deck? We, we have, have the, the worst deck, deck of the week for standard. standard. Oh, oh that was god. Weird stereo. Awesome. All right, <laughs> shit. All right, guys. Apparently, what what is the worst deck of the week for standard Magic cards? Okay, I haven't this, seen this in a this long guy, time. This uh, guy, Andrew Pekios, 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 whatever. Pekios. Uh, he got sixth place at Kansas City five k. Uh, so obviously right, it's, it's good enough. Um, but basically, <laughs> um, he just took a bunch of basically. Okay, here, here's the deal. 
when Scars Mirrodin first spoiled and we saw Vencer the Sojourner, yeah. we were like, that guy would be so sick with a Cynic slime. So, like, the Woo. first thing that, like, me and, like, a group of kids started doing was started brewing decks that revolved around Acidic Slime, Venser, Mimic Vat, Acidic Slime, stuff like that. Stuff that had really good synergies with Acidic Slime. Yeah. And we decided that it was just garbage and it wasn't good enough. Um, this guy made it This guy, made despite it the fact that it was garbage, <laughs> uh, took this deck to the top eight of these Kansas City 5K. Um, so, his list is basically just blue-green. Um, blue green good cards. Blue green awesome. Uh, and he splashed white for Venser the Sojourner. Uh, so give me a quick rundown of the list. Uh, again, all these deck lists that we're talking about today, they're going to be on our Facebook uh, page. Sure. Uh, so you can check them out later. Um, it's one Ratchet Bomb, one Molten Terra Masticore, three Acidic Slimes, one Avenger of Zendikar, two Frost Titans, four Lotus Cobras, four Nest Invaders, two Seagate Oracles, which again, amazing synergy with the Vensers. Yeah. Uh, four mana leaks. Wait, when you make them beat for one on block, blue, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, four mana leaks, two spell pierces, three explorers. This is a card that I was really surprised about. The all, every other card choice in the deck um, seemed reasonable. Yeah, this one seemed really weird, and I it seems fine too. It's just, I'm surprised to see him. Uh, one Garrick Wildspeaker, um, in addition to four Jason Lion sculptors and two Venser Sojourners. Um, now, now, mind you, this is if nothing that he said there and nothing in the board actually has white except for the Venser. He is literally <laughs> splashing with one Plains, one Evolving Wilds, uh, and one Terramorphic Expanse for this these two Vensers. And I've got to say, it's cute, but it works. Like, um, I, when I first saw Band Control, I was like, oh shit, it's blue-white control, and someone figured out Connolly's tech for Acidic Slime. <laughs> yeah, right. And they just put it into blue-white control. And I looked at the list, and I was like, well, maybe that's the way it started, but it definitely turned into... Blue green good cards, yeah, with Venser Splash. Um, like it's literally just Venser, there's nothing in the sideboard, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that being said, uh, props to you, Andrew C. Pekios. Uh, it's you to man. This deck blew me away. Um, worst deck of the week because of the, okay, because it's got my least favorite creature in standard right now, Molten Tail Masticore. Where's the synergy there? Uh, two he's, Venser, kill he's literally that's how he's splashing it. And then, I don't know. I, I like exploring. Oh, is this the beer? Yeah. Oh my god. This is the beer of the week. Oh man, sorry, this beer boys. Is pretty terrible. Beer of the week. I hit my boys with some, Did I hear with some shots. Did I hear this thing pop like a uh, freaking? Shirt, All right. So, so, the, so the reason I, 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 I the reason that I lone lie in the cast for a little while was because three philosophers, the Belgian style blend, has created some kind of beer that I need to open with a cork, and I had to go find a corkscrew to open it. Um, I don't, like, I don't know how many beers you guys have had that involve uh, a cork, but, uh, I don't know, like, I expected this one to be pretty There's good. There's fancy ones, but they have corkscrews attached, like the ones, like, Rolsh. Yeah, has, like, exactly. So, so, like, I had, I had to, like, untwist the twine on the top and, and everything. Like, the, the, the cork is really fancy. You guys can see it. <laughs> of course, why wouldn't I want to see the cork? Of course. Obviously, I want of to course. see the cork. The, 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 see, seeing the cork on the podcast is really good for you guys. I guess if you really want to see it, you can go to the Scrubland podcast 
Facebook. Don't make me post Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you, you can go to the Scrubland Podcast Facebook page and you can see a picture of this cork because the cork is really intricate. It's impressive. It's, it's actually really... It's the most impressive piece of cork I've ever seen. All right, so... Side note, I'm glad we're all sharing a beer called the Three Philosophers. All right, so... And, and that's why I thought it was... A, that's why I thought it was appropriate to give you guys some, some, some taste of the Three Philosophers Belgian beer. Very nice. Um, this is a nine, 9.8% alcohol volume beer. It's an acquired taste. I like it already. And it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's dark. It's been really good. It's uh, not dark. It's not that dark. It's like red. It's, yeah. it's pretty dark. I, 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 I appreciate beers that are dark. It's like, interestingly fruit. It is 98% ale with 2% cherries added. Ah, my favorite surprise. I don't really know what that means. But, uh, that means At least I, I if there were 98 that. parts to it that were ale and two parts of it were cherries. I bet you they just put... Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's that. I bet well, you they damn. just put two cherries <laughs> yeah, so, for, so for every 98 grains they have... Two cherries. Two cherries go into this. <laughs> So, so they like shake the cherry tree real hard. Yeah, exactly, it falls into. Wait, hang on. Did, did you taste the cherry yeah. in the in this in, the, in the, the three philosophers Belgian I fear philosophers. I mean, this is it was okay. Um, I'm not much of a beer drinker, um, and when I do drink beer, I drink fancy beer. But this is pretty fancy beer. I don't. I don't. I like kind this of. This is Chris. Chris, this is a 2010 beer. Oh shit. I don't. I don't know if you know, but that means that it's not aged. The the kind of no, it had a cork in it. It had a cork in it, and it it it, it, it has aged at least a year, because it is now 2011. <laughs> Obviously, oh, they could have so, made this in December. So you see, this is a 2010 beer. Now there's instructions on this bottle as to how to serve it. You see that? I did. All right, tell me what the instructions are. Uh, pour slowly so as not to disturb the yeast sediment, but with enough vigor to create a luxurious head and release the sumptuous bouquet. I did. I did. Do you, do you see this giant Okay, no, no, real class? quick, real quick. I want everyone out in internet land to take in what I just said. And, all right, if someone told me this about this beer, I'd spit in their face. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Just give me a fucking beer. Wait, no, have you ever tended bar? If you if you serve if you serve me a beer with a shitload of head, then I'm gonna get pissed as hell at you. But this one, they have to tell you that it's an, you, you want the the luxurious head to release the sumptuous bouquet. I, I, I understand. <laughs> that's why. That's why I, I love getting that's, head. That's, that's luxurious head. <laughs> Look, Chris. That's why I, I I poured it with a little bit of vigor so I, that everybody so that everybody got just a little bit of head. Um, it also oh, has a little bit about the brewery on the bottle, which I think is very cool. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's not horrible. It's not as bad as some of the other beers you've had. That's some, very crap. Yeah, uh, that blueberry geez. beer was horrible. We had to cleanse our palate from the blueberry beer last year. Sure. That's for sure. Um, three philosophers. How, how many? Uh, how many? How many philosophers? Out of nine. Uh, I don't, not, out of out nine of, philosophers. Out of, out of nine philosophers, I would give it six and a half to seven points. I mean, it's not horrible. It's just it's a little fruity for my taste. It's a good beer. Like if someone served me that out of the blue, I'd be like, okay, whatever. This seems fine. But okay, I I, I, I have. It to tastes better than garbage beer, that's for sure. Look, I cannot give you guys maximum points, mostly because you claim to have two percent cherries, and I didn't taste the cherries. I tasted. I'm sorry. Cherries. What do you I think that fruity taste? Look, I wasn't I wasn't looking for the cherries, and therefore 
I didn't taste the cherries. If if your beer really had you don't taste that fruity garbage in there, I didn't really look. It look, tastes look, like some fruity no, 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 no. if, if, <laughs> if your beer if your beer truly had some cherry taste to it, I would have tasted it without knowing it. I would have blind tasted it and said, "Oh, is there a little bit of cherry in there?" I said it, but except, then you wouldn't have thought about it. Except no. Okay, so I didn't taste any cherry on my initial. Now drink. you understand All the right, philosophy so part. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. How many philosophers? I will give this three philosophers out of nine. Oh, boy. Wow, you that, like it. it. It's okay. I'm not going to say it's terrible. I gave it a six based on its alcohol content. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I'm, I'm a little bit more, I'm a, I'm a little more frugal than that. I'll give it, I'll give it four. I will give it four philosophers out of nine. I give it a solid five and a half or six. Uh, I need to find. Only if the half is the top half, because it's a philosophy. The one thing I will say about this cork is that you have to finish this beer. It's a big bottle of beer. You cannot recork it. No, no like I, I, I opened it thinking that it was some kind of forty. This is yeah. more than a forty. This it really is. this bottle is giant, and it is definitely it's more than forty big. ounces. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I appreciate the three philosophers' efforts, <laughs> and I will give them four and a half philosophers out of nine. <laughs> if there are twenty-five uh, because, ounces, because because there are three philosophers here. Is I that will, what it is? I will, I will be willing to give them four and a half philosophers out of five. There you go. Um, so, um... That's going to do it for us yeah, here at the um, Scrubway Podcast. I, actually, uh, Diesel actually got a recommendation for a beer. He did. I did. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, that's right. Um, I forget what the kid's name was, but it was like something like stout, some kind of stout. It was, um, I don't know, it was some. It was something. We don't have to worry about it I, right I can't look it up right but, now. But uh, we got an email, somebody, somebody actually said, hey, if you enjoy exotic beers... Check this one out. This is a, a, a pretty kicking exotic beer. I will do my best to, to find, find that beer this week. No promises. I have at least four exotic beers in my refrigerator right now waiting to be drank. So I'll tell you what, you've got at least six days where you're doing nothing this week. That's uh, you true. Know. <laughs> That's true. We, we shall see what happens. True story. Uh, guys, no. uh, Yo MTG Tap's efforts will be squashed. They will not sabotage this podcast any longer. <laughs> We're going to get that damn mixer fixed. No, 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 no. Okay, well, big props to uh, Star City, uh, not Star City, but to Yo MTG Taps. Yeah. Uh, they're doing the SCG Live stuff now. Yeah. Um, yeah it's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, to Because I've met those guys, and they're fucking rad. Yeah, they're really awesome. Um, Despite the fact that they broke the... Okay. No, no, no. We're, 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 we're joking kidding. a lot about Guys, it. you broke our no, no, shit. No, no. What the fuck? <laughs> DCL, DCL joked about that shit. DCL joked about that shit after the fact, after the, that weekend. And Joey Pasco emails me. He's like, oh my God, dude. Like, I feel so bad. I was like, yeah. dude, he was no. so kidding. Don't even worry about no, it. Like, don't worry about it. Uh, but it was, uh, it was just funny because he, he like it was such like a heartfelt sincere just like yeah. oh my god what the hell I'm so sorry what happened like so not a big deal we'll get it fixed. pretty much we're just recording on this piece of shit now because DCL refuses to go get the fireball look doesn't refuse no. it's just lazy I have to mail I have to mail it out you don't have to mail it out you just have to take it to an electronic shop it's just the plug look okay. we don't know that we don't know that we, we don't do know that, that. The, the mixer is dead guys no, the mixer no. is dead and mourn for our mixer if you like us, if you love us, if you want to donate a mixer, send us an email. <laughs> donate a mixer? Uh, also, yeah, there's rich kids out there who have nothing to do with oh, their God. money. I, I mean, I dude, they wish. play Magic, don't they? It's oh, true. man, I uh, wish. I don't play Magic, though. Yeah, I agree. God, uh, you know how many Magic decks I've loaned to people? I'm like, hey, if you have gas money, I will give you a Magic deck. Please, go to a <laughs> tournament with me. Please! 
I'm begging you. All I want is some company in the vehicle. That being Aww. said, we are... I mean, I don't know who's doing what. I'm doing this regardless, because my folks live up in Northern Virginia, but I'm definitely going to Rockville this weekend. Um, I don't know what you Rockville, doing. Maryland is Dream Wizards uh, Sunday... The 16th. Sunday the 16th of January 2011. Show up to the PTQ. You will see D-Sale and Chris Casby there. We will be fighting it out. Burroughs said he was going to go, too. I got blacklisted at work for my paid time off. I'm going to try and uh, lie cheap, weak, steal, and claw my way into that PTQ, though. Chris Burroughs is never going to show up to that event, and you will <laughs> never see him there. If you really want to see him there, I hope that you're an attractive young blonde woman from India, because that's apparently the only people that he ever friends on Facebook. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Do they have? <laughs> She's not even blonde. <laughs> blonde girls in India? Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, that's the only people that Chris will ever friend. Yeah. So Basically, the ones that don't exist. Look, it's a good I thing. I don't friend anyone. Nobody likes me. It's a good thing that I don't have a Facebook account. Because if you I are did, an attractive blonde woman from India. Exactly, <laughs> and I would never be able to be Chris Burroughs' friend. Um, please, flood Chris Burroughs' uh, inbox yeah. with friend requests. Let's do that. Because he is a total whore, and he loves your friend requests. That's right. He wants only friend requests. He only loves the number. Well, I'm and not a whore, but I do... If I, if I recognize, like, I've gotten a number of magic kids that, you know, just played at tournaments and stuff. It's just like, boom. No, yeah. I, like okay. this kid who like beat my face in at uh, GP DC. He friend requested me. Like I guess he listens to the podcast because I was like, there's no other way that I, he would have friend me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, awesome. I, so, I, I will say, guys, uh, the Charles League Invitational was a big hit. I'm sorry we didn't mention it last week. We didn't, we didn't mention it. Last we week. didn't. We didn't record in time. Charles League Invitational was really cool. Uh, it was just a bunch of pre-contacts. Those happened. Yeah. Um, um, I lost pretty bad. I'm sorry. I, I built Chris Chris Casby. I built him a deck. I was like, oh, well, I, I have this deck. Well, hold on, hold on. I have this the, deck the whole, box. The whole point of this, the whole point of the tournament was to kind of just get rid of some excess stock that the shop had around, plus have a fun tournament. So it wasn't sanctioned, uh, but basically the, the rules of the tournament were you had to play a 60 card deck that was at one point a precon from Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So you no could changes. play. You could play. Yeah, you had to play the exact sixty cards that were in the deck. No sideboard. Um, you just played the deck, and you could build it yourself with your own cards. Uh, you just had to pay a five dollar fee to enter, um, or you could just pay whatever the cost of whatever precon deck that Rick had at Time Capsule. Um, so a lot of kids played Fire, Fire and Lightning. Fire and Ice. Uh, the ones that seem to do well were the Arch Enemy decks because duh, they have six rares in them. Duh. Um, the deck that won was <laughs> funny. Uh, Charles Lee told Rick Ralston, who's actually a really good player, uh, to play in the tournament. Yeah. And Rick was like, I don't know what to play. Like, I don't really. Yeah. And follow this stuff. Yeah, he was like, and Charles Lee was just like, yeah, just play this one. Play this. And he gave him the Jace deck from Jace versus Chandra. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. <laughs> his and own event. <laughs> it wasn't his event. That was the thing. Like, he was like, I didn't want to play. Charles made me play because it was Charles' event. Yeah. And so he's like, trying to downplay it. It's like, I feel horrible about winning my first, <laughs> about winning the first uh, tournament of this type at my shop. But uh, big props to Rick. Rick's a really good player. And, you know, the, that mixed with the fact that he was playing Jace. Um, Duh, of course yeah. you won. <laughs> All right. Chris Casby, I have to say, I, ha I have to extend my apologies to you. I gave you a deck that only had oh. two rares in it. The rares were Sunforger, 
and Razia Boros oh, Archangel. Deck, it okay. wasn't even the rare. No, no, no. Get this. This, this, yeah. this is this was the highlight of the tournament for me. It was me losing. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Ryan Al, he bought the like this weird suspend deck. Oh, I love that from uh, Time Spiral. Um, I had a very aggressive draw, and I had beaten him down to four life. Okay, his board. During his upkeep, he resolved the 4-1 first strike suspend guy that costs one red. Okay. So it comes into play. Um, he then plays Ignite Memories oh, shit. on me. And the turn prior to that, I had drawn the 8-drop. Oh, so I have, you? I have three cards in my hand. So he's like, Ignite Memories. I'm like, okay. I shuffle up my hand. I play my out. I was like, roll the die. He's like, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he rolls a die. Four. Flip over to Razia. Razia. Boom. Okay. Shuffle up. I've got like a three drop and a four drop on my hand. So I'm not dead, okay? All I have to do is dodge him pulling over. Like it felt like Pat Chapin in that yeah. Dragonstorm matchup against uh, Nassif. Yeah. Where he was just like, okay, like, and like, shuffle up. Six. Oh yeah, it's that, the eight drop again. Uh, Razia. I go, I go from 20. Life to zero. No, to zero. Because he resolves with the four one one guy. So I go from twenty to zero in one turn. Wow. Uh, with a pre-con deck. And I was like, Wow. So So you had the you had the exact opposite of the world's two thousand and eight experience. (laughs) Exact opposite. Ignite ignite memories just Completely destroyed <laughs> your face. Okay, the the real devastating part of this is that Razia the Boros Archangel was not a part of that precon deck. Uh, Argos Kos, the Wojek veteran, was actually the real rare that that deck was supposed to have. What? And it's okay. I never played that. Guy. Okay. Okay. Well, that guy was only a five mana rare. Oh. Except I didn't own that rare. I don't know where it went. You I don't. Put it I don't. In. Did you just put it in? I don't know. Hand. I don't know where you the sent rare me there went. With a, a legal deck. I, I, I actually yes. built you an illegal deck. And it actually killed me. I actually built Chris Casby <laughs> an illegal deck, and then it decided and it punished to you. punish you. <laughs> um, I will say that I did not know that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did not play during round a block, and look, I still don't know what Rakuya's whatever. What, look, what Rakuya, blah, blah, blah. look, the 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 Boros Archangel was fucking sick. And she was clearly a Boros card, so, so I was like, like whatever, lands. I'll take a little creative liberty in, in making this deck. I'll, I'm, I'm not going to add extra rares to it or anything, but oh, you, you can know throw in, like, Brian Stout arm or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, because that, that was a horrible card? Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, that was definitely like, oh, let's, not, let's not give, like, Casby a good card in this deck, yeah, just no, give no, him this no, piece no, of no, shit. No, no. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Alright guys, that's that's gonna do it for the Scrubland Podcast. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> really quickly, Scrubland Podcast on Facebook and Scrubland Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Like I said, donate a mixer, please God. <laughs> no, God, if you're listening no, to this podcast. No, D-Sale, please D-Sale is gonna contact firepod.com.com today and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna make it fix we're gonna fix it. We're gonna make it fix it. Firepodcom.com is gonna fix it. <laughs> Uh, I think that's about as much I can take. If you guys could hang around after the podcast, I might need help entering the URL for the podcast. (laughs) Firepod.com.com. Firepod.com.com. Yep, that's all. That's all. Look, if you guys want quality, quality. Quality. If you guys want some quality type podcast 
setup <laughs> audio quality. All right, guys, we're ready. Then I'm going to hook it up, and we're going to make it happen. Make it happen. And I will do it for you. Do it for you. Guys. Guys. I appreciate it so much. So much. For everybody, everybody. listening for the entire duration of this podcast. Everybody in the club getting tips here. And the three philosophers... You guys are still only getting four out of nine philosophers. Deuce, but... I'm sorry. It got him drunk, so I'm going to add one. That's plus one. <laughs> All right. So we're four plus one philosophers out of nine. <laughs> yes. That's that's the final tally. That's a plus one plus one counter. Right All right, guys. You have a wonderful night or a wonderful day. Peace, bitches. I love you very much. He doesn't love you that much. Razia the Boris Archangel. For the opponent's Yep. yep. For for your opponent's ignite disorders, make sure you have Razia the Boris Archangel in your hand. Good luck and good night. Damn, that was-